we have a responsibility not just to try to shoot people off to heaven for lack mm. of a, you know um mm. but really to I, I truly believe I, I truly believe this uh, Jesus said I came to get you know not necessarily I came to shoot you off to heaven but I, I came to give you life and life more abundantly mm-hmm. uh, and, and so that that implies that, um, that God wants us to live our best life do you believe that God wants you healthy then join me Cersei Blue and Gigi Carter on the healthy for my purpose podcast where we help you realize the relationship between your health and your purpose. We share how eating like Daniel can revolutionize your life. Through discussions and interviews, we challenge you to discover the powerful connection between plant-based nutrition, your body, and your faith. It's time. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Healthy For My Purpose. We are so glad to be back another week. Um, Before I jump into the um, episode for today, I wanted to just remind you to please subscribe and rate a review on iTunes. This helps us to actually have a further reach and we love to hear your feedback. You could also reach out to us on IG at Daniel Fast to healthy living um, and let us know what you want to hear more of or what are you enjoying or is these episodes impacting your life Um, and lastly if you are not a part of our Facebook private Facebook group um, called Daniel Fassa Bridge to Healthy Living you want to jump in and get into that group if you're on Facebook We are doing some great things over there with some wonderful ladies um, to help them take charge of their health. We have cooking demos. We have a prayer for your health um, once a month as well. We have different workshops and just a lot of variety of things to help push you to the next level in your health um, to make that connection between your health and your purpose. So without further ado, let's get into the episode that we have for today. I'm absolutely excited that Gigi and I, we are starting a new series where we're going to be talking to trailblazing pastors who are going against the grain by consciously taking action to incorporate health into their messaging and leadership of the church. So you guys want to tune in for the next few episodes because it's really going to unravel and unpack the role of the church um, in terms of Um, promoting health from the pulpit. And so today we have an amazing guest. Gigi and I had the wonderful opportunity to sit down with Reverend Aaron Robinson. Um, Reverend Robinson was um, elected in 2017 to serve um, as senior pastor from Mount Welcome Church in Atlanta, Georgia. He actually is the 10th senior pastor in that church's history. Um, and so he's a pastor that you'll hear in this episode that has a heart for the community. Um, this is a pastor that not only um, talks the idea of you know, Christians need to be healthy, but he also walks the lifestyle. Um, And so as we dig into this episode, you're going to hear his story. You're going to hear all of the things that he is doing in his church 
to promote health and wellness and to elevate his members to see the connection between their health and their purpose. You're absolutely going to love this episode. Um, And without further ado, let's jump in to the episode with the amazing Reverend Robinson. All right. Hey, Pastor Robinson. We're so pleased to have you. We wanted to jump in to um, just talk about this topic that we feel is an important topic for the church um, is this whole idea of um, being healthy and being seeing our bodies as this temple of God and actually having that play out in our everyday habits. Because I think we all talk about this idea of our bodies are the temple of God, like we all say it very naturally, but how does that play out in terms of what we eat? how we sleep, do we exercise, are we really seeing it that way? So we wanted to just kind of really unpack this. Um, and let's just jump right off. Like, what are your thoughts? Like, how do, what do you feel? What place does health have in the church? Well, first of all, I want to thank Cersei and you and Gigi for having mm-hmm. me. I truly appreciate mm-hmm. the opportunity to uh, speak with you about a really an important subject. The notion of the Bible and uh, religion and spirituality and kind of wherever you sit in that space and place, um, really, whatever, if you are uh, Jewish, if you are Christian, if you are Muslim, uh, all of those, particularly those three, uh, really speak to this notion of health. And one of the first things that occurs in the Bible when actually... In, in the first five books of the Bible is in a sense, kind of Moses uh, telling what God says the people should eat um, and, and how they should eat and how they should prepare it and so on and so forth. So really it's a mandate for us to take care of ourselves, for us to really treat our bodies as a temple. And then you move throughout the scripture and you find um, th- this notion of the body being a temple, and and and, and, you know, and it gets a little shady once you get into the New Testament and, and, and kind of Paul, and, and Paul isn't just giving people free reign mm-hmm. to to eat whatever they want to. Paul is trying to create a, a space for Gentiles to come into the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and so he's just trying to say, wait, we, we shouldn't judge people by what they eat; we should judge people by their hearts. Uh, but this notion of what we eat, what we intake, it impacts every part of our life. If, if you're not eating well, uh, then you're not going to feel as good. Uh, you're not going to be as active. You, you're not going to be as happy. And, and so it's going to affect every aspect of your life. One of the things we do is we save, right, when we, we start saving for our retirement. Um, but we don't make investments in our health. So by the time we get to retirement, uh, we're broke health-wise, but we have money to do. And so all of the stuff we plan to do, our health prohibits us from doing it. We, we can't go on that long extended vacation because uh, we got a doctor's appointment we have to get to. We, we can't uh, hike up that mountain that we plan to hike up because our lungs doesn't have the capacity that they once had when we planned the trip. Uh, but with regard to the spiritual health, uh, the Bible kind of just lays out this framework for what we should eat, 
how we should eat it and even how we should prepare it to help us to live a healthier, wholer life. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, and you know, what's interesting too is that I'm glad you brought up that retirement. Jeannie and I talk a lot about that whole, you know, your 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 bank is filled, but you're bankrupt with your house. So there, there are disconnect, right? You can't even spend the money. But let's even go before retirement. I think a lot of people, their health is even impacting their now. They're not even at retirement yet, you know, and they're bogged down with appointments or they're not feeling their best or, you know, they're carrying all this weight. So they can't really even do the things that they're called to in the moment, not even in retirement yet. And I think this is the pain point for a lot of Christians. And yet we come to the church and we're praying for these things. And this is what I feel is the, is the, the biggest issue is that we're coming and we're saying, you know, pray for my diabetes, pray for, you know, I just had a heart attack that God will bring me through the surgery. And, and don't get me wrong, all of these things are prayer. We have to pray about everything. But what are your thoughts on, on one hand, having people come to you, Pastor, and say, hey, could you pray for the surgery of my heart attack? But on the other hand, we come back and we are eating the foods that gave us the heart attack in the first place. Or we go to the funeral for the person that died of the heart attack, and then we go downstairs and we're eating the foods that caused the person the heart attack at the funeral. You know, so there's a lot of contradictions. How, how do you unpack that as a pastor and how do you navigate that? It's really difficult, you know, as a pastor. So my journey started many, many years ago. And even as a teenager, I understood this notion of what you eat and by the time I got to college, I, I cut certain things out of my diet. Um, and, 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 you know, one of the things I tell people all the time, I say, you can't just jump in the pool. Some people just can't jump in the pool. Some of the time you got to dip your toe in, cut this out, cut that out, so on and so forth. And, and, and I say that to say with people in the church, it is oftentimes difficult because many of them say, I've been eating this my whole life and I just don't want to give this up. My mama ate it. And, 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 and normally what I hear is, well, my mama ate it and she lived to be 101 year old. <laughs> well, but, but my response to them is, well, mama probably walked most of the places she did. She did manual kind of labor. She may have worked in a field and all of these things. And so she had some other stuff going for her uh, and even though she may have had some hypertension and some diabetes, she had invested in a sense without really knowing it enough in to help pull her through a, a couple years, a few more years. But people in the church don't want to give up on certain things. You, know, you, you say, well, we're going to stop eating this. And people really become offended. <laughs> <laughs> by the fact that you, you say, and, you know, and one of the things I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, I love you and I truly care about you, but I really don't want to have to visit you because of some of the diet, some, some of the decisions you made in your diet. Um, yeah, I'm going to still visit you anyway, but if I would rather come to your house and sit down and talk to you that come to a hospital and mm -hmm. sit and talk to you and have to pray. And, and a lot of people miss this whole notion of faith without works. Mm -hmm. you, you can't, 
if the, if the doctor say you need to cut this out and you praying, okay, Lord, just help me get through this. And then as soon as you get home or while you in the hospital, you calling somebody, Hey, can you call bring me a two piece from such and such? (laughs) You're not helping your situation. And even you know, I've told some people, and this is going to sound kind of crazy. But I said, like, you know, some of the time, your lack of desire to eat is probably in some strange way God saying, you need to be fasting from this stuff. We need to just purge your body and then leave these things alone. It's a hard journey, but it's a doable journey. And what people don't realize, and, and this is one of the things I try to get my members to, to do to take note, particularly doing, like we're in uh, Easter tide now. So, you know, people are coming out of Lent. Most of my major changes in my diets have occurred as a result of uh, fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I'll fast, I'll cut some stuff out and I'll journal and pay attention to how I feel. And, and, and so now, um, you know, um, one, of the, one example I like to use, I'm, if you probably look in my background, um, uh, on, on, it says, uh, I, basically, I think what it says, I'll give up chocolate, but I'm not a quitter. <laughs> I have this thing, this, this thing for chocolate. Mm-hmm. A couple years ago, I decided for Lent, I'm going to give up the chocolate. Well, I keep a chocolate bowl on my desk. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that the chocolate wasn't disappearing like it had been. I would have to refill it every two weeks. It wasn't going in. And I was like, oh, man, I'm eating all of this chocolate. Well, I also realized that every week, every Monday, I had a headache. When I stopped mm. eating the chocolate, the headaches disappeared. I said, oh, what's going on? And, and so I realized the impact that this thing I love had on me. Uh, and so I said, you know what? I can't do the chocolate anymore. Uh, and even if I if I do it, I have to do the dark chocolate and have to do it in very small quantities. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, it is realizing how what you eat affects you. Mm-hmm. And it's oftentimes, you know, we walk around and we're tired. Uh, we can't, we don't have any energy. We don't. We're suffering from all of these things, and, and we don't realize if we would just change our diet in some cases just a little bit then there is so much more we can do and and oftentimes those if we would change it we would have more energy to work in the kingdom of God we would have more energy to do to do the things to really make this world a better place oftentimes we're just so tired we're so uh frustrated and um and allowing in a sense food to be our god that we um that we don't take care of ourselves and so you know people get that go jump down people's neck um or throat um, around alcohol and drugs and so on and such um but it's a whole lot of folk that have food addictions and, and it's never discussed you know yeah. they're walking around and and really they're killing themselves yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because Cersei's often talked about within our group um, that food has become a modern day idol. 
And, um, and I think too, that, you know, you're, you're spot on with the food addiction piece. It's a real thing that people have because they can't stop eating it. You know, even though a lot of, most people know that the food that they're eating is harming their body, but they're still eating it. And so I guess the question I have is, you know, with respect to something like food addiction, like how could that be talked about in a way where people can come to grips that they actually have it. Because I think the first step in you know, com combating any addiction, whether it's a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction or a food addiction, is to acknowledge that it's there and that you have an issue with it. Like how, what would be a way to um, have that conversation or, or make awareness around it within the church? I think, I think one start with the, um, from the pulpit, it, you know, I think it's something that has to be discussed. One of the things oftentimes, if I'm going to talk about uh, addiction to drugs or addiction to alcohol, nine times out of 10, there's going to be something around the notion of food. Uh, you, you, you are, oh, well, you're judging people because of such and such, but you can't give up that mm -hmm. stuff that your doctor has told you. If you don't stop eating this, it is going to kill you. Um, and, and literally, I have sat in rooms with people where the doctor has said, if you don't give this up, it is going to kill you. And, and then I see them uh, at an event and they're eating the very thing that the doctor said, if you don't give this up. Mm -hmm. And I just look at them and they look at me and, and then they kind of push it aside <laughs> until I walk away. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But it is, it has to be talked about and kind of like you said, Gigi, it has to be discussed. Um, and, and really there may be even, you know, a lot of churches have, um, you know, AA groups or narcotics anonymous groups, mm -hmm. you know, maybe their needs, maybe churches need to really deal and dive into that um, where people are dealing with their food addiction. But I, I think the, the deeper issue is dealing with those issues that make us turn to food mm -hmm. um, and, and make us turn to seek that comfort and that stuff that um, we, we really don't need to be eating. Yeah, yeah, that's powerful. And I think the irony of it all is that we're in the right place. It's just that we're not bringing this thing to God, right? Because a lot of people are um eating because maybe they're depressed or they're dealing with stress or they're dealing with whatever it is that is that they're trying to fill with food but they're using the food and but they're in the right place at the right time they're in the church and so i feel like if we are able to help people connect that spiritually um god can fill those holes it's just that i just think that they're not even thinking of that and so um, for you as a pastor, you're actually living a healthy lifestyle so people can see what you're doing. Do you think for many pastors, it's difficult to preach that from the pulpit if they too struggle with it as well? Or how do you, how do you feel, why do you feel like more pastors are not picking up this message in general? Uh, I would suggest that they're probably, that's probably part of it. You know, mm -hmm. some are, um, you know, 
they're dealing with their own struggles around mm-hmm. food and, and and one of the things yeah being a pastor is the best job i've ever had mm-hmm. um but it's probably one of the hardest jobs i've ever had mm-hmm. uh, because you carry a lot of stuff you you carry um in, in a sense um the whole song that must jesus bear this cross alone so that the whole world go free there's no you you carry a lot of people's crosses mm-hmm. um you carry a lot of people's issues and, and and their stuff and it can be overwhelming and mm-hmm. so oftentimes i think a lot of pastors look for solace in something mm-hmm. uh, they, they seek and, and so you know it's like well i can't do it and you know i can't do you know really statistics say that a lot of pastors suffer from either alcohol or drug addiction Mm. or and, and really one that's not talked about it's probably food addiction so they can't talk about it but i think a lot of times it's the the second thing is they just don't know you know mm. people can do better when they know better mm. and you know they hear about it they uh people uh, mention it but they really just don't know how diet is killing the people in the church um and then third is they're afraid of the pushback um because people will well why can't we have this you know and and people will push the limits and 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 people don't like change Uh, yeah you know um (laughs) and yeah and at my church, I I, uh, I was like, oh, you know, we 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 ain't cooking no, you know, we ain't cooking these uh, these certain things, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, and I heard from people at other churches that mm-hmm. we weren't doing those things because members were mad because we weren't doing those things, yeah. <laughs> and it was just how dare, how dare he he do this? I'm grown, I'm old enough to be his mama or daddy, and, and mm-hmm. you know, so on and so forth. Um, but people, people revolt. Um, I, but I, I, the other part of that is, I think that pastors, if they sought a healthier lifestyle, a healthier diet, mm-hmm. I think it would pour into their ministry a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, they would have a lot more energy more creativity uh, there's so much more um and one of the things that i've kind of learned is because i do some of the things because i, I try to live a, a fairly decent lifestyle uh, health wise and so on and so forth it tr- it trickles into the congregation mm. so there are people um that hadn't thought about becoming uh vegetarian now that are vegetarians and mm-hmm. and i'm a vegan but you know they're, they're like ah i might get there one day but at least or, or and even the ones that hadn't become vegetarians there's some like hey well pastor i've cut this out of my diet mm-hmm. i only eat this so much and, and and literally people in my congregation who you know have said you know i went to my doctor and my doctor was like you don't need to take that medicine anymore Oh, you don't need to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, you do uh, people that are exercising more and, and uh, doing, you know, so it's not having 
as big of an impact as I would like it to, but it's affecting some. And I think it is, actually, I think it's having more of an impact on the younger generation than it is the older. And so hopefully we're pouring into the young people and, and, you know, so 10, 20 years, 30 years from now, you know, the conversation really doesn't have to be it. And, and so it's, it's generational. And so it's a, it's a legacy, mm. a, a legacy of health. Um, yeah. yeah, we, um, we actually in our program, one of the, we have kind of a four step approach. The first is creating a God centered self image. The second is to break our addiction to food. The third is breaking generational patterns of poor health, which is what you were just talking about. And then the fourth is that courage to take action. When, um, when, I'm, when I'm hearing you speak, first of all, I'm over here like getting chills because everything you're saying is like reinforcing the stuff that, that we're really focused Holy on. Spirit. Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. And, um, and I'm and I, and I'm also hearing you say that you know what you have done is planting seeds, if not already bearing fruit in some people. Um, you know, I I it seems like when when people see other people overcoming something like a type two diabetes or a heart, high blood pressure situation, or they're seeing weight loss in someone, they often get curious. Um, and want to kind of maybe mimic or follow or get, you know, kind of learn more about what they're doing. I know uh, personally for me, when I, I went, I actually adopted whole food plant-based vegan diet when I lived in Mississippi. And I had um, so a cycling friend who used to make fun of me for eating this way, you know, rabbit food or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he ended up calling me like a few years later and asking me because of a chronic issue um, or some issues he was having. And as I think about, you know, the church and what you're doing, um, do you feel like, um, you know, is there, at what point does it become like a critical mass? Ass, you know, within the church, or, or maybe it's just kind of something that'll just happen organically um, to where, um, where people can be kind of examples, like where you highlight, you know, before and after situations, with people in the church. I know that sounds crazy, but I, I think about when people see someone transform and they see that before and after the doubt that they once had, you know, starts to kind of break away. And then they start to see themselves in that person who transformed. Um, do you feel like that's something um, that that churches, whether it's your church or other churches, might be able to incorporate? You know, who might be focused on health like you are? I, I think I, I really think that that is, um, I, you know, I, I, have you ever heard of the thing of the? Um, I think it's called the hundredth monkey, and, and so this notion of they're trying to get these monkeys to do a particular thing. And, and it took for, and, and really the monkeys didn't get it until the hundredth monkey got it. Oh. Once the hundredth monkey got it, then every monkey after that got the whole whole thing. Um, well, I, I think that in, in this, in the church, right? Man, and particularly the church in general, but particularly um, the black church, mm -hmm. right? Um, reaches more people than 
any other institution or any other uh, organization mm -hmm. on a weekly basis. Yeah. And we have a responsibility, not just to try to shoot people off to heaven, for lack mm -hmm. of a, you know, um, mm -hmm. but really to, I, I truly believe, I, I truly believe this. Uh, Jesus said, I came to, you know, not necessarily I came to shoot you off to heaven, but I, I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so that, that implies that, um, that God wants us to live our best life. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the church has this responsibility to make sure people are able to live their best life uh, health-wise um, and, and creating programs um, that will help people. And, and I think that's a good idea. You know, in, in my congregation, there are, you know, there are a few members that are on this journey and, and you know, they do it on their own uh, where they're showing that the weight or the weight they've lost and the things they've done and people notice the changes in them and people are asking them questions. Uh, but what it does, it's, in, it's inspiring other people to do things. And I think that once, really it has to come from, it has to come from the top. Uh, it, it has to be something that the, the leadership of the church is really focused on and has a desire uh, to make sure that people are healthy uh, and, and people are whole and, and, and people, and, and yes, we, we should pray for people. Um, we, we should uh, teach them scripture. We, we should uh, do all of these things, but also uh, we should have segments. Uh, one of the things we, we do a uh, kind of this, this healthy moment on Wednesdays in our social media where somebody cooks a meal and, and it, it's a plant-based meal. Um, uh, we, we've had plant-based demonstrations and, and some of the time we have events where uh, we, we have somebody come in and just do kind of plant-based uh, meals. Uh, we pass out vegetables almost on a weekly basis mm. uh, and, and so on and such. Uh, and, and so it has to be an effort. The church has to be intentional. Mm. Uh, otherwise, it, it's not going to. It's not going to happen. You, you just can't talk about it one Sunday. It has to be a part of the culture and the lifestyle. And once it's a part of the culture, um, literally, when things are done, nothing has to be said because. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if a meal is going to happen at the church, then there are going to be some vegan or vegetarian options. <laughs> just it, it, now it's just automatic. It, you know, yeah. before when I first started, you know, I was like, oh, you ain't got nothing to eat. But now that there's there is not one or two, you know, that there, it, when we do, um, particularly before the pandemic, it, it was um, there was always something um some vegan options or some vegetarian mm -hmm. options because in the culture of the church it, it it recognizes i was leaving an event before i got on with you all and um it was a lunch and there were you know, there were no vegan options right mm -hmm. um and uh, they offered me lunch and i was like ah oh, it's nothing here i can eat 
I'm like, oh, it's salads at the end. I was like, uh, and I looked at the salads and, you know, and there was cheese on both of them. I said, ah. I said, I, I, I can't, I can't even eat the salad. And I said, and, and you know, and I, and I said to them, I said, well, I said, next time, you know, even if you're just going to do salad, put the cheese on the side and let mm -hmm. the people add their own cheese. Mm -hmm. um, but it's getting people to think like that when mm -hmm. they're putting on functions and, and, and thinking about those things um, and not just, you know, you ain't got to wipe out everything, but give people choices. And then oftentimes if you give people choices and they're allowed to taste other options, they're like, oh, this is really good. Mm -hmm. And then the next thing I hear, oh, well, I just bought some such and such. Mm -hmm. I had that instead of, you know, my, <laughs> um, and and so it, it changes, you know, it changes changes everything. But it has to come from um, the leadership, and it has to be a conscious effort. Yeah, that's that's powerful, and I and I think it's a work in progress. And I think um, you're in the fight there. You know, we talk about the idea that, and I think if we kind of see it as a spiritual issue, I think many of us will think, you know, it's not something that we we have an option to not fight for this because um, I often say that food is the enemy's secret weapon. And if we kind of see it that way, where the enemy is just running rampant in the church, untamed, unstopped, because he's wearing a Burger King hat, you know what I'm saying? And so all of these things, we're just dancing with these things, not realizing that behind the Burger King hat and all that, is the dying early number one cause of death is heart disease in this country. It's obesity, like you said, you can't get around. It's lack, it's even lack of spiritual clarity because I know for myself, when I changed the way I eat, I actually heard God's voice clearer. Mm -hmm. So there's an intersection between our spirituality. And I think, um, you know, how much is this, I guess, how much are we soft pedaling? I guess this is my question. How much are we soft pedaling the urgency of this thing and not looking at it as, listen, this is spiritual warfare. This is taking out the people of God. Do you feel we need to be louder, stronger, or do you feel the softer approach is the way to go? Because I feel sometimes like I'm, I'm, I'm jostling to like shouting from the mountaintops, like gently just, you know, like what, what do you feel is the approach? Because it, this is like a silent killer. It's like a silent killer in the church. I, 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 I want to say possibly the softer approach. Mm -hmm. and, and the reason I say is what I've come to realize is the more forceful I am about stuff, mm -hmm. the harder pushback I get. And, and, and but as I gradually, slowly introduce things, um, then that's when people are receptive. It's almost like uh, sneaking good health in, um, <laughs> you know, and, and people not realize, oh, 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 I'm eating more vegetables now, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, um, but it's because people have been, to use, kind of, the enemy has convinced people that they need certain things. Mm -hmm. And it's our job 
And one of the things I think, and just the story of Christ, one of the things I love about just Jesus, Jesus was, he was forceful when he needed to be. Mm-hmm. But he was very gentle. He moved in a grace that helped people change. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so it's, moving in that grace and, and, and helping people take those tiny steps um, and, and introducing them to, to the little things. And, um, you know, I, I work with um, Dr. Columbus Baptiste, Healthy mm-hmm. Heart Nation uh, uh, and the kind of slave food uh, project. And, and the first time I, uh, he came to my church to speak and um, this was, 2017, I think it was 2017, and, and I was a new, new pastor, um, and it was on a Thursday night, or I, no, a Tuesday night, it was the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, <laughs> uh, so people had already started cooking all these stuff, <laughs> all, all this other stuff, but, um, but it, it was, more people showed up than I expected. And so what it tells me is people want to know. Mm-hmm. People want to be better. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the resources. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, and I'm so glad you all are doing this. And I hope you reach more and more people because, you know, it says the people will perish for a lack of knowledge. And, and, and really, the, in a sense, kind of the enemy has convinced them that they need this, that this is the way to go and so on and so forth. Uh, and so they go that way because they just don't know. Um, and I think that is the mistake that the church has made, not addressing the issue, not dealing with it, and really not being what I like to term a whole life church. Right? That's one of our little taglines, we're a whole life church. So you have to meet people at every aspect of their life, uh, that their health, uh, their wealth, uh, you, you know, all of the spirituality, all of it, um, not separating it um, and, and, and really helping people understand that God wants you to thrive mm-hmm. in all aspects of your life. You know, God, God, God doesn't want you to be on that oxygen. God don't want you to be on that high blood pressure medicine. And some of it, some of it is just a, a few simple changes. You know, uh, some of it might take a little bit more, but um, if, if you would just do these things, if you would just listen to what your doctor is saying, but also listen to, and not just because the enemy just isn't in, in the church, um, the enemy is also in medicine. <laughs> and I, I hate to say it, but you know, so, mm-hmm. so there are a lot of physicians that don't know right. um, that, that, you know, they're allowing their patients to perish because of their lack of knowledge. Right. And, and so, you know, it, it even needs to start with that. So finding a doctor that um, that is educated in, in, in other things other than um, prescribing you another medicine mm-hmm. uh, and, and doing all of these things. So on and such. Wow, okay, that's awesome. So before we close out, I'm interested.
interested, what are some of the things that you implemented in your church? So maybe pastors are listening that you felt worked well, and how did you kind of slip in that healthy framework into your church? Uh, one of the things is just letting people know, in a sense, who I am, right? And, and what I'm trying to do with my life. And so letting folk know, hey, yeah, I, I, you know, so some of the time I'll show up at church uh, on my bicycle. Mm -hmm. um, and and I've, I've read, I've ridden my bike 10 miles or whatever the case, doing my sermons, I'll talk about my bike rides or my runs or, or all of these things to, and, and I'm doing it, um, intentionally to let folk know this, this is something you should be doing. And, mm -hmm. and, but then also encouraging people, um, you know, encouraging people to get out and walk, Hey, you know, uh, create, um opportunities for people to exercise without realizing they're exercising mm -hmm. uh create spaces and places I, I think one of the most most churches the the two most valuable things they have is um uh, their facilities and their people and, and your, your facilities should not just be open on sunday morning uh, open it up. Let, let somebody come in and do a yoga class. Let somebody come in and do a Zumba class, wh whatever the case may be, but uh, opening the space up so that people can um, can exercise and um, let somebody come in and do a dance class, ballroom dance class. We're uh, ha having a ballroom dance class starting in a couple of weeks. We've done yoga. We, we've done some other things, um, but trying to create spaces and places for people to to be more active, to uh, be more active, um, and, and then set some guidelines around. You know, what what are we going to eat here? What what are we going to try to do here? Um, and, you know, and just let folk know. Hey, well, you, you know, we need to make sure we include these things. Hey, let's not try to cook these. Uh, let, let's not cook these greens and and this other stuff with all that other stuff so that there are ways to do that um you know bring somebody in to do cooking demonstrations most churches have a kitchen <laughs> uh, and yeah. we could call us uh, bring somebody in that that knows how to cook the collard greens without the, without the yeah. uh ham hocks and yeah. all that mm -hmm. who, who know how to who know how to properly use seasoning mm -hmm. um and, and also find if you don't know, use people that do know. Mm -hmm. Ask them to come in and to speak. Uh, we'll pay, oftentimes churches will pay preachers to come and preach. Um, and people leave Holy Ghost filled and happy, uh, but get home and have to take their high blood pressure medicine and all this other stuff. Well, we'll bring in somebody who knows a little bit about diet and let them talk about that so that that person can go in and throw some of that stuff out of their cabinets that's going to help them get better uh, so that they're around uh, uh, several years more. Um, but, but doing things like that. So, so to make it simple, speak from the top, let people know what you do uh, and try to be an example of life and even if you are not in shape even if you are you have a terrible diet start consult your physician consult somebody else and say okay what can i do 
to be better. And I guarantee you, if you are not, and you start that journey and your people start seeing how you look better, how you feel better, how you have more energy, it will turn them around and, and, and they'll, they will join you on the journey. Uh, the next thing is putting things in place um, that help people exercise, help people engage, help people uh, learn, uh, help people uh, be involved. Uh, and, and then the third thing is finding people that know a little bit about health and, and know about diet and know about um, best practices for uh, a healthy lifestyle. I, I think those are the top three that we have done here at Mount Welcome. That's amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was so helpful. Um, and so thank you so much, um, Pastor Robinson. This, is, this has been so insightful, inspiring. Um, and it was awesome just to hear it from a pastor's perspective, you know, from the other side and just seeing how much can be done from the top and how much um, impact that could actually make. So thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. And thank you all for what you are doing. Uh, keep doing it. I, I know some of the time it, it seems like you're screaming from the rooftop and nobody's listening. Uh, but I, I truly believe, uh, you know, the, the people that we do touch, if, if they can touch somebody, and, and in most cases, they are touching somebody along the way. Mm -hmm. And just like uh, Gigi, your friend, uh, you, you didn't realize you were having an impact on him. Uh, but, but the people that you all are touching, you're having an impact on them. Hopefully they're having an impact on somebody else. And so e even in the midst of um, numbers not being super, super big, really, I, I tell people all the time, uh, it's not the big stuff. It, 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 it's, it's the little things and the people, regardless of how many people show up, mm. uh, as long as you touch somebody, you, you don't know what you don't know exactly how that is going to impact the world. So you all are, are doing kingdom work and, and you are impacting uh, people uh, that you don't even know you're impacting. So thank you all for this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for joining us on the Healthy for My Purpose podcast. We hope you enjoyed the community and are walking away empowered and encouraged to live your healthiest life for your God-ordained purpose. You can connect with us on Facebook and Instagram to enjoy fellowship with like-minded women. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this on iTunes. Until we meet again, keep honoring your body for your purpose.